the exact quote from Paul Ryan I misremembered from last week was he was talking to an editor of the right-leaning National Review was, uh, quote, we've been dreaming of this, uh, referring to cutting Medicaid through the American Health Care Act of 2017, which ultimately was not passed through the Senate, uh, since I've been around, since you and I were drinking out of kegs. So I, I just, I bring this up because I want to be the correct side of history, unlike Paul Ryan, who will forever be on the wrong side of history and objectively just a bad person. I can't believe he actually said that. Oh, and it was on video. Well, actually, no, I, I actually can't believe you said that. Well, you, I mean, again, going back to last week, he willingly did a photo shoot of P90X with a, a allegedly legitimate. I mean, it was, it was Time magazine. It, was, it wasn't. No, it wasn't Breitbart or something. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him, but moving on. Um, got to open the windows in my apartment for the first time in two weeks. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, it's. I think this year I've scaled back expectations so much that it's it's just all about these small victories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the opposite of ten xing. It's ten, 10 minusing. You know, it's been really disconcerting the last week is I've been quite diligent about running our air filter, mm-hmm. little port, little portable air filter we have. Yeah. And the little iPod shuffle. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the, the strategy basically has been whatever room the new housemate's in, the, the air filter, you know, goes with her. And, you know, it's got the little air quality light <laughs> on it. Mm-hmm. And it's been consistently purple and red even after running for a period of time which seems not great i don't know how particularly accurate that is but you know still it doesn't instill a lot of confidence yeah i was gonna make an appropriate joke that that would that may or may not play well so i'll, I'll think better <laughs> of it um but yeah the, the you need to get one of those uh lometric time thingies that uh jason still has so you can so that you can link up to the the purple layer to um an Apple script on on your Synology or whatever to do to do the thing. I'm I'm not even joking when I say this. I actually have um, a couple of tabs open in Safari on my iPhone where um, I've got both his article pulled up with the Apple script, and then I've also got his article on. I think it's called Bitbar, which is like what you need to. Well, that's for the menu bar thing. Yeah, well, that, that's that's. Um, Oh, you're talking about the little display thing he has. No, I, yeah. I just want the little menu bar thing. That'd be fine. Yeah. So a couple things with this, and, and we've talked about, uh, I've talked about this numerous times because, like, I feel like you have a few inherent responsibilities as a homeowner and as a nerd. Where I like, and I feel like I need to, I set up an OmniFocus reminder about this to bug you about it. But the two things I think you're slacking on are that you do not have a weather station yet. And you don't have a little free library yet, which I know in COVID times is 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 a little problematic, or not not problematic, but maybe might be um, underutilized. But those are two things where it feels like you need to get on. So I, I've actually got three things I need to get on. So the I agree with your two. Um, the the library idea I like. We do have a couple in the neighborhood here. And I think when Madeline's a little older, that might be something that we we have her participate in setting up. I like that idea. The weather station has been brought up with the lady friend and has been met with a great deal of skepticism. Uh, 
But in terms of aesthetics, like ultimately, it's, in terms it's, of it's, aesthetics it's and in terms of price and in terms of necessity. Necessity, it's entirely um, superfluous and, <laughs> and absolutely unlike. But that's, I mean, but so is everything in life. Um, I'll write. Is it called an amicus brief, which is the one where I write in support of the defendant? I think you're thinking of the Federalist Papers. I think you're thinking of game theory. Um, <laughs> oh, what did what did Hamilton teach me that he wrote fifty three of them or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, it comes back to Hamilton. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's all Hamilton. Hold on. What was the other part? Oh, but also just I feel like, and then this might be kind of a Bernie Sanders idea. I feel like for every shed that you have, you have to do something to give back to the community. Like you have to have like some some shed offset credits where you have to do something like a weather station is a, a public good, as would be a little free library. So I think that's kind of the 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 balance that you need to do. Well, that actually brings me to my third thing, which you haven't mentioned, which I also think would be a public good is I, I think I need to get one of these purple air monitors and put that in my backyard. But well, yeah, but that'd be part of the weather station. Can I get a weather station that both gives me the weather and hooks into the, the purple air air quality network? So th- since we're going the rules of threes, um, a, a couple of, sorry, but actually specifically three things with that. Um, you have like understood or you're aware that purple air is wrong. Like you have to do the thing where, and this was actually, it's been covered in a couple places, but I think, um, Jason talked about this on the six colors, uh, subscriber podcast. Uh, no I, longer I've, secret. I've read, I've read in a handful of places that I guess the way you have that... to, you have to use the LRAPA data because the way purple air does it is not. Um, does not jive with the EPA recommendations. Right. I, I think the general higher. gist it looks is worse it, by it, default. Exactly. Yeah. But I but it is a good metric, I feel. And I mean the the issue with the EPA um data is that it's been my experience over the last couple of weeks that, you know, the air quality differs quite significantly from area to area even not that far from the house so having oh, more sure. localized data even if it is not quite as accurate still seems to be you know pretty helpful yeah can i can i pull forward a uh, a pick of the week real quick please or uh, sorry a chef special mm-hmm. sorry trademark trademark um let me pull out a thing out of iphoto or sorry photos.app whatever the hell it's called these days um so this is going to be an app called, uh, it's called Air Visual. So it has one, I, I am lucky where the some of a neighbor has an air quality sensor that is one house away from mine. So it's very, like in my neighborhood, as you can tell, there's not a ton of these. Um, but yeah, that's, that's been really helpful. And it's just, it's a really simply designed app that uses the the correct formula for um, EPA standardized air quality data. And you can just have kind of a little, like your favorite air quality stations and just know, like, I know the one near work and the one near uh, the trail I like and like all these where you can just easily get a read on what the air quality is. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of this app. What's the underlying sensor that powers this? Uh, they're kind of a purple air competitor, so they have their own thing. Mm, got it. Okay, but it so this is a more accurate purple air. It uses the correct formula. Like, like I just I don't get why purple air doesn't just use the correct one, just because I mean the sensor readings are pretty much the same. 
Like it just yields them having higher numbers, which makes the it look worse. I, I don't know. But yeah, but I really like this app. Um, you just have to turn off notifications because they have um, like, I don't know. Like you, you can see the little notification bell up there that just says like, it just sends you, if you leave it off, I think they had a bug where it would just say Northern California has the worst air in the country. Like it would send you that every three minutes, which timely, but probably not, probably not wrong for almost oh, time, but it wasn't, it wasn't being updated. It was just, uh, I don't know, a bug. So how much is their sensor? Because that's oh, been the no, one I, thing with, I have no idea what like how much their sensor costs. I'm just saying for checking it. Mm. Um, well, actually, can I, can I give a, a, a side grade upgrade, uh, chef special? I mean, well, I mean, we're doing unprecedented, um, unprecedented things with chef specials left and right. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, why not? In unprecedented times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hello weather continues to be the best. I know. I think you, are you off of it? I'm off of it. The, the mm. Apple watch stuff wasn't good enough. Yeah, but um, yeah, but uh, but again, I also there's more of a religious debate about whether you should be checking it weather on the watch. But I mean, it's <laughs> tomato potato. Um, but Hello Weather has had I, I really like their plain language uh, forecasting, um, and it's done really well with it. Like I I don't know how they have it set up. Like I don't know if like uh one of one of the popular weather services also includes air quality data i don't know if it's accuweather or one of the other ones but i think if you're hooked into that you get you get air quality forecasts in addition to weather forecasts yeah um trying to find it i'm i'm all out of source this week i'm sorry um Oh yeah, so no, like they have like a little sentence that just describes what they uh what the weather is, and I don't know if it's like a machine learning thing or a natural language thing, but it always really succinctly expresses kind of what the current temperature is, what the cloud cover is, air quality and precipitation, and I just really like where it feels like a human wrote it, and not in kind of like a Kara weather kind of way. So yeah, so what what is your current leading weather choice? Are you ba- are you back on Kara weather? I'm back on Kara weather. Yeah, just with with all the personality or. I feel like that's too generous a term, but with all that stuff turned off. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's nice to have the windows open. I guess was the original thread on that. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and to to you know close the loop, which I know you like doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I the purple the purple air thing. So their sensor, I think, is two hundred, maybe a little bit more. So it it's it's a little outside of impulse by territory. And, you know, there's one already that's just up the street. So it's like, eh, you know, what, like, what more am I really getting by having one at home? Yeah. But at the same time, I want one. If, if, I, if I could get a single thing that does both the weather and can hook into purple air, that, that does seem like that would be kind of the best. But again, I'm not sure how much incorporating with purple air specifically matters. Because I think, because um, Jason has, I think the company's called Net Atmo, is the the weather station people, and they're, I think their stuff. When I looked at it, because again, I I looked at it and just it's not practical to put like on a balcony or something like that. So I kind of had to um, abandon this. But their weather stations are. Um, oh, does it does it do air quality stuff too? I think it does. Yeah, I think there's uh, there's about two hundred. He um he always made his weather station thing sound like almost like a skunk works thing, but this actually looks 
pretty sleek. I, I think they've much more um, consumerified it than it Got used to it. be. Yeah. Because if you look on Amazon, if you just search for um, personal weather station, there are some that look much more industrial. Um, and they're, they, they're still not that bad. I, I think the problem is that it, you don't really get a sense of how large it is. And, and, and actually by that, I mean how small it is from looking at the product picture where it looks like you have like a thing that's on the back of a, uh, somebody's like boat at the Marina and that's not really what it's like. Um, so here's the other thing I was going to say, which is there is this thing called, Oh, it does do air quality. Hmm. Yeah. That's maybe, maybe, maybe put that in the, but then can I, I mean, can I, can I then like make this information public for people? Mm-hmm. I, I, I assume there's there... <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I assume so. There's got it. I think that's the thing that he has where he wants it to be publicly available. So I think that's where the skunk works part of it happens to be where he's yeah, okay. then filtering that into a standardized feed for weather underground or, or wherever. Yeah. I mean, because I, you know, I, no, no OPSEC stuff here, but I, I would want to, you know, make that information public. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's a socialized medicine and such. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I've got I've got this brand new healthcare plan, Carlos. I'm going to tell you all about it. Oh, the AHCI. Mm-hmm. Do some keg stands. So I kind of want this thing called the Kytera Laser Egg Plus, because who doesn't want eggs with lasers, um, sent with lasers? And it's $200. So, it, so it's been in my Amazon cart for forever, and I just can't do it. But it's for measuring indoor air quality and... I'm not going to buy it, but it seems cool. Hmm. Because indoor air quality is like, because I, because I feel like the outdoor air quality is, there's generally going to be a sensor that's close enough to you that's going to give you enough practical information because nobody's going to have the data on kind of how well your air purifier is working or like what's, what's in your home. So I feel like this is much more worthwhile or practical than getting an air quality monitor for the outdoors just because again like in your situation you like i've got one two doors down and you've got one up the street so how much value are you really adding where when it's hyper local as in a la inside your house that's perhaps more useful but 200 dollars is costly well so so this net atmo thing for like if i'm reading this correctly for 180 dollars you can get it looks like a set of two sensors one outdoor one and one indoor one so I mean, wouldn't that be the way to go? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would do more research. I would not. I would not buy it while you're on the pod. But um, no, the lady friend would be not be happy about that. I don't think. Eh, just uh, just mark the thing that says this is a gift or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever conceals it from the credit card. But I mean, statement. I mean, par- partially for you too, though, because if it gives you air quality data and it comes with an indoor sensor, then no. But but I looked at it and it's not um, like it doesn't seem like something you just like put out on like a, a patio or a balcony like. I feel like there's a reason why I didn't get that, like where that was um, on the brain and impulse by territory, but just I, I nixed it for some reason. Hmm, so okay. maybe tungle it for, for the OmniFocus and then, yeah. It'd be kind of cool if I like put the outdoor one like on the roof of my shed. <sighs> That'd be kind of a neat. Oh, I still haven't paid, taken pictures of my mini shed. I'm going to do that. Oh, yeah. Um. Okay, and then before we get into real news... Hey, you want to start the show? Not really. I'm kind of <laughs> checked out today. Um, also, a pro tip or, or a, a foreshadowing for you. Um, I'm I'm kind of uh, over Apple this year. 
or I'm over pretending Apple's not a bad company. So I did not watch the keynote. So I I haven't watched it either. I opened up just to not be a complete uh bummer or or like an involuntary participant on the show. I opened up the Verge's seven things you need to know from the Time Flies event, but I had zero interest in watching it and I kind of I'm not because of all the epic stuff and and the everything about Apple, I have very little interest to pretend that they're not just like a super mediocre company. But hey, we'll, 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 we'll get there. I want to watch it, but I just it, busy couple days. Just have it. I've, I've seen the first like 15 minutes of it. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, on upgrade, uh, I marked this played again, just not, not, not interested. Oh, I, I did listen to, to both episodes of upgrade. Yeah. Uh, but we're, we're, as you say, we're burying the lead, which is, well, there's two bits of stuff that we have to get through before we get through the main thing. Um, sending you a link. So this is a lot. Mm-hmm. It, it is. There's a lot to unpack here. So you, so you, you put this in, in the thing because I, for the love of God, am not uh, following at Red Lobster uh, on the, on the Twitter bot. Blame Mike Isaac. I'm. He was. It was well, through him that I found but he, but this. He, but he admits that he's trash. Like he, <laughs> he he or that he loves trashy things. Um. Although he, he we, uh, me and him are aligned on Trader Joe's being being extra about pumpkin spice. Oh, they they've always been that way. Uh it feels worse this year. I don't know, but anyway. So 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 at Red Lobster on Twitter, it's big. It's green. And it tastes even more incredible than it looks. Uh, introducing the Dugarita. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I only know of Red Lobster through the Beyonce song. So I don't really know if that's I'm entitled or I'm qualified to make a good or bad take here. But um, may not be available in all restaurants. Well, thank God for that. If there if there is a God, like I mean, like this this looks like the worst thing in the world. It is a this is this this looks like a collaboration that you feel like would have been in a Taco Bell cantina uh pre pre pandemic but I I always forget what cuz you know like how a, a restaurant chain will either be with PepsiCo or with Coke brands right and I always forget which one Taco Bell and like McDonald's and everybody's with so I don't I don't know who's taken who to the to the dance party but uh Dugarita is is collaborating with Red Lobster um or sorry, Mountain Dew. Sorry, in case that wasn't clear, uh, Dew Garita, the the Dew part of the Garita is MTN Dew. <laughs> so you can just leave the tweet in the notes. Um, and this 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 is this is this is dumb and gross. <laughs> I don't have a lot else to put here. I don't think I've ever been to a Red Lobster, and I don't even know if if they're like a thing in this area. I don't recall ever seeing one. But you know, I I would try it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to eat to eat their own. I mean, I mean, uh, like as 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 Drake said, YOLO. Mm, Maybe yep. did he? Is he? Was he that one? I'm not sure. Actually, sure he was. See, Mister Three Hundred Five, or is that some? That's somebody else. <laughs> I forget if we talked about it, but there was an episode of the very good uh, Wall Street Journal podcast, uh, the Journal, which is kind of their take on the daily, and they called a couple of. Um, entertainers about how kind of things are working uh with no concerts in the in the co in the corona era and he, the way he introduced himself was uh 
actually mr worldwide mr 305 something something like he just he just had six names for himself and i think i sent you a clip of it and it was it was very it was very on brand and i kind of respect his hustle yeah don't like his music but i respect his hustle no i think it, it probably sh- it showed you that you know he's not doing a bit like that's just yeah. it's who he is it's like a guy fury i assume he can't walk into a safeway that was exactly uh, who i was going to compare him to yeah well, yeah, when, when, when Fieri or Fieri goes into the Safeway, <laughs> I assume he thinks he's like running fucking guys grocery games and he's he's uh, just making a mess of uh, of the whole of the whole store. And, he, and he's wondering why there's so many cans of like uh, Classico pasta sauce, but no guy <laughs> pasta sauce. Yeah, the, the, um, the donkey sauce. I don't think that's available in jars. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. And then the last bit, uh, before we get into real stuff, I will send you the link. I, I thought this was worth a, worth a good chuckle, actually, because I think, well, actually, unfortunately, this is kind of charitable to Apple, but this this was just a really dumb thing that people were enjoying on Twitter yesterday. Um, CBP, which is Customs and Border Protection Patrol, right. something. Yep. So they they have a tweet that was not a joke uh, that was at uh, at JFK in New York. Uh, they felt like they wanted to boast about a bust that they had about uh, 2000 pairs of fake AirPod pros that they had confiscated, which would have been valued at 398,000 us dollars. But the picture that they included was of, are you aware of a company called OnePlus? Uh, no, I don't think so. So they make, um, I don't know who you would compare them to like not Alienware, but they, they make phone like android phones like mid-range to high-end android phones for like the very very android fanboy kind of person like it's like an enthusiast phone it's kind of what you feel like the pixel might have been but isn't really so there's there's that company called one plus just the number the one the number one spelled out plus all one word um they made a pair of earbuds that were um when they came out, they were they were widely uh, dragged for being just so just such a shameless ripoff of the visual design of AirPods. So in terms of the like, just having white buds that have a stem on them and have a case that looks like dental floss and everything like that. So much so, which again, I don't think this was like a, an intentional troll, but that the cbp uh posted they had found a bunch of counterfeit airpods but they were actually legitimate one plus buds oh okay oh wait did you did you not know the context when you saw this no oh that makes it so much better and then the the one part i do like is that uh the one plus twitter account uh posted it as a reply uh hey give those back Oh, this is this is a lot better. Yeah, I like. Oh, yeah, those. yeah. This is, because these are actually real. Like, I mean, there's there's so many. Like, in this will we we will maybe briefly touch on kind of the current state of Amazon in a minute. Um, but yeah, but the, Amazon is so filled with just like nonsense knockoffs and stuff. Where I'm sure you can find a whole bunch of like really terrible, like the stuff that you would have seen at like a Save on Drugs in 1994, like when they had like you know their whole like sketchy like. Uh, copycat electronic section like that's what all that stuff on amazon looks like but no one plus like these are products that are supposed to sell for like 150 dollars, and they're like hey give those back so pretty good how, how do you how do you bring 2000 of these things 
into the country over like like not through fedex or some proper channels like it's just on some dude's suitcase well because i mean they they say that these were confiscated at jfk so presumably these would have been brought over just like in a on a commercial flight well but i mean isn't that the th- like well actually that that's that's kind of again peeling back the onion on like the u.s economy isn't that the thing where like Fe- uh, fedex and other people like lease like excess cargo capacity on consumer flights for oh, cargo. okay yeah it could be that like, would, i that don't would know if that's sense. what this is like for me like i i feel like this was like some some dude who has like a electronic shop in the bronx or something had like two suitcases just with a, a two thousand of these shitty airpod knockoffs but <laughs> i mean i i kind of had i had a chuckle at it just thinking it was a legitimate knockoff but oh no it's, it's a legitimate it's a legitimate knockoff from a company that is trying to pretend it's not a illegitimate knockoff got it yeah um and i'm kind of stalling because i don't have much to share about the apple stuff and i actually feel like that's going to go really quick uh can we do one other thing before we go to apple yeah let's do it what's your experience with apple shipping speed apple uh amazon shipping speed recently well so i mean we had the whole thing obviously during the initial part of the shutdown where, where things were were a little bit slower um but then i would say starting a couple of months ago, it seemed that most delivery times were basically as they were pre-COVID. And then there was one week, a couple of weeks ago, where it seemed like they they slipped again, where everything, even if it was, you know, shipped and sold by Amazon, Amazon Prime eligible, was still like, you know, five to seven days out. And I I kind of chalked that up to just, you know, service disruptions because of the fires and everything going on in, in the Bay Area. And then now things seem to be back to, to normal again. So nothing out of the ordinary in the sense that it didn't have a you know, kind of a clear explanation. Yeah, like so, so most of that tracks. Um, I would say that it's not back to normal. And I want to preface this with the fact that like I... I like everything i'm going to say is like i totally get that like amazon is is has a whole well one amazon's not a um a company without sin and everything like that so i i I don't actually feel bad for amazon but like they've mostly been like they've they've been inundated with people who are mostly staying home or people who don't want to go out as much so their order volumes have increased a ton and amazon has many problems in terms of knockoff goods dynamic pricing and things like that that are interesting hurdles to to deal with in this current situation but yeah i mean there was that one window when covid started where basically like amazon for everything that wasn't deemed to be like a critical good or something like they just put the shipping date like a month out and that um uh subsided and things did get sort of normal but recently for the past like three weeks it's been getting a little bit worse where whenever you order something like a year ago every almost everything would ship in one day like would arrive in a single day which was amazing and like just hard to believe or imagine but in recent weeks it has been that like let's say you would order something today being wednesday february 16th september 16th and it would then ship on like saturday so it would usually not ship like for four days and then might be there two days after so it's been like kind of like five day lead time at least in my experience and we live in like generally the same area so 
but like i'm been having like more like missed deliveries and um issues where something like doesn't ship on time and i guess that's just an issue of i have been trained to think that amazon shipping is just so reliable where when you see the little thing that says like hey order in the next six hours and it'll arrive by this date where i've just been spoiled by that level of certainty where like like last week i had uh two items that were supposed to be a birthday gift for somebody that just did not arrive on time or like they didn't ship when they're supposed to they were supposed to have arrived on sunday and they didn't ship out until monday and then i sent you a screenshot of this where it shipped out on monday and it was shipped out by ups smart post which is the thing where you it's ups ground but then they will have the last mile delivery handled by the usps which is the cheapest slowest possible delivery type that you can have through ups so an item that didn't ship until a day after it was supposed to be delivered was now going to be delivered four days late because it was now working with the slowest ups speed so like i I get it like i mean and it's okay like and like i i'm not like mad like i'm I'm not that entitled but like it was just it's just it's kind of weird i don't know like i was just wondering if this was a unique experience and then the other part is that are you a ups my choice member yes okay and it, it, what can you give a brief description of what that is? So you, I mean, you get notifications when there's a shipment on the way to you, which I mean, usually you're going to get that from the store that you that you bought the item from, but but sometimes you don't, and so sometimes it's a helpful reminder that hey, you've you've got this package coming. Um, but it also allows you to do things like is it is UPS is there a thing called like package intercept? Um, they have the thing where, like, I mean, it, I think it's just called like managing your delivery where you can say, Hey, like you can either pay a little bit extra or something to like change the delivery date or have it go somewhere else or be held at the UPS delivery center. Or my favorite is being able to pre-sign for a package. I was going to, yeah, that was the next thing I was going to say is that for some stuff, I think you can, yeah, they can electronically pre-sign. Yeah. So I mean, it's like, so it's, it's a very good feature, but one of the things they offer is that if something is sent through that like the terrible is a smart post or sure post feature or or product like you can then pay you could pay ups to upgrade it and and you actually made this comment when i sent you the screenshot like wait you had to pay to upgrade to ups ground i thought that was the worst (laughs) (laughs) i mean whenever yeah whenever i go to a ups store if i'm like you know doing an ebay shipment or something and you know if i've made it clear to the seller that you know i'm just doing standard shipping it's like let's get there someday yeah, just just give me give me UPS crown. Yeah, um, and the, yeah. So I had to pay eight dollars and fifty cents to upgrade this Amazon package in the hopes that this birthday gift would get here on time. It still didn't. It's still been in Las Vegas. It's, it's so so my the package is currently stuck in hell. It has been stuck there for three days and it hasn't moved. And I don't know if they're going to give me my eight fifty back because it just says, "Hey, delivery change requested. Delivery change could not be completed. Package could not be found." And it's still allegedly sitting in las vegas (laughs) so going back to amazon like i mean i get it and again like it's being spoiled by amazon who has like a tricky history because you 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 and other old people will remember you remember when amazon like they were just trying to like cut out ups and fedex so then they started shipping everything with this company called on track yes and then i was always so yeah i was always 
mis uh like misinformed where i always thought the the origin story of amazon logistics was that they just bought on track and made it better that's not the case like i mean that's entirely my misconception but yeah amazon logistics i always like so on track was the worst and then as amazon logistics ramped up for a while it like for a couple of years they didn't have together either and i would always be like oh no when you see the tracking number that started with tba i was like ah damn it <laughs> this isn't this isn't arriving so you may as, you may as well just reorder <laughs> yeah so it's gotten to the point where it's amazing like even though like i always thought the um the pictures of your front door are creepy i also kind of just that is actually very very nice to like just know it's there like and you just know that that thing is waiting for you at home like asterisk probably but that like it wasn't misdelivered and that one time that they did misdeliver it i was able to kind of identify what neighbor's house they they put it at like i don't know like so it i've been trained to the to be so trusting of how reliable it it was slash is where the, the past few weeks where it's not been that way have been a little bit uh a, a bit of a bummer and also that the fact that you know there's like products that could ship to you quicker but aren't just due to the order volume so the reason i bring this up is not just to like have a bunch of like complaints or and again to, to reiterate i'm not complaining but this is just discussing but the one thing that i kind of and i know amazon would never do this is i kind of wish that they would give prime members like three like credits that you could have that says no i would actually like this in two days because like most stuff that I order from Amazon, there's very little urgency on it. But sometimes I do need things in like a, a fairly short time frame, like if it's a gift or for it's, or if it's for a project. So I kind of wish they would give you like a little credit where you could just say like, hey, like, no, can this one package be bumped to like the top of the fulfillment queue? I don't know. This is me wondering out loud. Like I kind of wish that existed. Because most stuff I get from Amazon, I do not need to be that quick. Right. But sometimes, as in this case, I did, and it did not work, and that was kind of a that was that was that added more frustration than was necessary. Yeah, that that is kind of a cool idea to have some kind of system that's like, hey, this is a gift. It really, really needs to be here, you know, in an expedited way, and you get that two or three times a year. I like that. Yeah, because like because the thing is when like the whenever you see those things where it says like, hey, it's going to deliver by like Saturday the twenty third, um, and that happens to be like five days from now. You'll notice like is that you you order it and it doesn't actually ship for like four days. So the actual in transit time is still very, very short. So it would mostly just be like skipping to the head of the fulfillment queue, which actually wouldn't be that much of a drag. But anyway, you know, for a free, free idea, Jeff. The only I guess the only weird Amazon shipping thing that's happened to me a handful of times semi recently that I just remembered is I've had a handful of cases where something will be due to be delivered um, on a particular day and that day will come and it's like the item still hasn't even been shipped but it'll still say hey arriving today by 9 p.m or whatever mm -hmm. and it'll be 2 p.m 3 p.m 4 p.m <laughs> your package is on the way but it's but it may be running late st I like still that no, i mean still not out for delivery still says it'll be or, you know delivered today and it's like when are you just going to tell me this thing's not coming here until tomorrow seven, and eventually seven, seven o'clock pacific 
No, because it, cause it has it has a little rollover, like an odometer in there, where it says like if it if it hasn't shipped, it'll say it'll change the language to hey, your package is still on its way, but it's running late. Yeah. Please check back in one to two days. Exactly. Yeah. And unfortunately, I order enough from Amazon where I have that memorized. <laughs> um, I do not want to look at this year's statistics for order totals. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Do you? Uh, geez, follow up. Um. Oh, hey, that was one item on follow-up. Okay. Uh, can you can you take the Apple uh, Epic and Apple App Store updates? Yeah, we, we can make this really fast. Yeah. Um, so the thing that we hit on last week with the ongoing Apple Epic drama is that Epic had said that Apple was going to terminate their ability to use sign-in with Apple. Um, even with folks who had you know already downloaded um an app from epic which seemed to be kind of another clear example of retaliation which you know obviously apple was not allowed to uh, terminate epic's ability to distribute the the unreal engine for that very reason that it was sort of um um a retaliatory um action by apple and Epic posted an update, um, I forget when this was, a couple days ago, saying that Apple had informed them that they actually will not be terminating their ability to um, use sign-in with Apple, which, you know, <laughs> should have never come to this point, but mm-hmm. at least ultimately I mean, got to the right place. Yeah, and I, th- I think actually that, that uh, to, to use uh, Pitbull's favorite word, that parlays into the updates that they did with the App Store rules. Well, like I don't actually think they revised them. I think they just codified them in a really public way where there's now a uh, developer.apple.com slash app store slash review. There's now like very, actually, this is a very long webpage. Uh, um, it looks smaller on a phone, but they have um, very detailed and spelled out versions of the rules, which I, which I guess is maybe an improvement. Like, I mean, it's, it's just codifying the same kind of sketchy um opportunistic rent seeking rules that have been on the app store for a while um and the people that that are kind of close watchers of um apple and the app store ecosystem already kind of know um so i I just want you i only talk about this so that you can throw in the notes uh marco's um quick response which i really like that because it just it, it had a lot of examples of where these rules are contradictory and where they are not evenly applied and where even though these are the newest version of them um, it's still 100 percent uh arbitrary based off of the size of the company and apple's strategic advantage and and kind of the negotiating power that each side may have um so i mean it, it there's still a ton of hypocrisy here and just like with the epic thing like they haven't really relaxed much of it the only actual part that has changed about this and i don't have a good link for it is that you will remember and and then we'll get back to this when we talk about the apple event where they had a thing where they where they were coming after um classpass and airbnb where in the pandemic there are some companies that very much operated on physical experiences and like physical like like transactions where you were giving space to another person or your uh like it's like a service economy thing where Apple was saying, well, now this stuff is happening virtually. Hey, we're, we're, we're entitled to 30% of this 
remote cooking class or this uh, this yoga class or, or whatever happens to be taking here. So I don't, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the thing that they said was one-to-one um, like electronic transactions that link people are not subject to in-app purchase. But if there's three or more people involved, then yes, Apple gets a 30% cut, which is insane. Yeah, that's right. Um, that like that that's bananas and that's and that's stupid and also going and and we'll just like just a quick spoiler, Apple this week uh is introducing a service another service Apple loves their services called Fitness Plus where basically I think they're trying to do like a um uh I forget who who charges money for this because I know Nike Nike Training Club went free in the pandemic. And I, and this is, this is partially um, like competitive with Peloton and a few others. And I know like, there's like, there used to be like FitStar, but there's a few things where uh, you could pay for fitness classes. And Apple apparently thinks that that's now a monthly recurring service where they can charge people $10 a month for this. At the same time, uh, they're trying to horn in on other people making by taking 30% cut of something that they have zero involvement in, in terms of like the class pass thing. The sketchiness all around. Yeah, well, then you're also for, uh, well, we're not forgetting or just haven't mentioned yeah, the yeah. the game streaming stuff, mm-hmm. which you know there's been the ongoing um, dispute between Apple and Microsoft, which we covered uh, a few weeks ago, and Apple sort of I think just codified their existing position on this, which is you can do streaming games, but you have to set it up so that each game is its own individual app, basically, so that it can be listed. Well, so Apple says so that it can be listed separately in the the App Store, which, you know, is sort of a um, a setup that they know Microsoft, Google, and any other company trying to do the streaming thing isn't going to do. It's it's sort well, of it's. It's like the thing that you do with parenting, where you 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 don't rule out something, but you try to make it so unpalatable where you can't be like, well, yeah, I didn't I didn't forbid it, but it's entirely not something that anybody would in their right mind would possibly do. And this, I mean, this is kind of like Apple when when or at least what I think when Apple's at their absolute worst, because at least with the Epic thing, as as I've said over the last couple of weeks, is that the one thing with in that situation is. Apple's at least just being straight up about it. They're not really trying to obfuscate like what they're doing. They're just basically saying like, "Listen, we think the thirty percent is fair, and people who disagree with us can you know basically get the hell out of the app store." And they're, I mean, they're not sugarcoating that at all. Whereas with this game streaming situation, I'd respect them a whole lot more if they just came out and said, "Listen, we've got Apple Arcade." We think we also think that games are best played locally on a device, and we don't want our platform to become just a basically window into someone else's uh, gaming service. If they came out and said that, I wouldn't agree with it, but at least I'd respect them for just being honest about it and you know trying to hide behind lame excuses around having separate listings in the app store and all that. Like it's just it's it's lame, super lame. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you, like with the Epic thing, I mean, you're absolutely right. Where they have not been shy about how their behavior is entirely about money, and, and then like, there's not really any bit of fairness or or equity here. 
Like they they have not backed down on that at all, which is which is admirable. Like it's a level of shittiness that's that, that's kind of it's, it's the audacity of of, of, be, of being trash. I think Obama wrote that book. I think he did. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah it, it's it's the worst but and and it, that's the thing where microsoft to me said like well i mean like a oh, fucking of course not like what like you want us we want to have a game service that has a catalog of like between 50 and 200 titles and you want us to have you want somebody to download 200 applications really apple so you just want to say that this thing is sanctioned but in any functional way that the product might exist it's it's not tenable because of your rules and it's the same thing where i forget if it's um atp or upgrade uh where they always mention that apple tries to pretend like these rules just happen to them and they're not actually what the ones that make it and they're they're just they're, they're just pawned like there's like oh, i'm just following orders like you, you you make the rules like go away yeah um yeah all right well main topic or stuff yeah oh well yeah but what's what's your you sorry you threw a thing about here about do you get a second harmony hub or something I did. What is that for the TCL TV? It is. Mm-hmm. How how do multiple hubs work in house uh, Harmony hubs? Can you can you get them like? Uh, can you designate that one's like living room? How does it work? Yeah. So I so the the ongoing kind of um, saga with that TV in the living room that the TCL TV is that um, we started off just using the Roku remote in conjunction with the TiVo remote for the for the TiVo Mini that's connected to it. And, you know, we get kind of spoiled with our setup in the in the family room where I've got the Harmony Elite, and it, it's, it's great, right? It's just it's one remote. It controls everything. So having these, like, two separate, two separate remotes, even though I know you disagree with this, but I think they're both actually pretty good remotes, um, just having one remote, it's just better, right? Um, and... You know, the other kind of downside to the setup is, um, you know, as great as the that IR repeater that I made a chef special um, a month or so ago was, it, it still wasn't 100% reliable. And, you know, we, we've actually got a, a, what, I, what I think is a pretty slick setup with the way that the TV is mounted in the living room. We, we kind of... Um, had that work folded in when we when we redid our kitchen late last year, early this year, and um, the, it was just it was kind of um, lame that even though the setup was was super nice, you know, we ended up having this little IR repeater that had to kind of like stick to the bottom of the TV. It just kind of um, looked janky, and what was otherwise a really nice looking setup. So that finally led me to kind of look into well, okay, like. Maybe I'll look into getting another Harmony remote, but I didn't really want to spend a ton of money. And my only experience with Harmony recently has been getting that Harmony um, Elite, which longtime listeners will remember the only reason I bought it was because I got some crazy (laughs) Black Friday price error on the Amazon UK website. (laughs) Because that thing was expensive. I don't know if it still is, but I think it was like over $300 at the time that I bought it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of thought all the Harmony hub-based remotes were that way. Uh, but it turns out they sell a version called the Harmony Companion, um, which comes with the, with a remote that looks kind of similar to the Elite. It doesn't have a, a built-in screen, but it, you know, it has basically all the same kind of functionality, including 
smart home controls and all that. And it also comes with a hub and it's like a hundred bucks. So I thought, well, okay, that's, that's actually quite a bit cheaper than, than what I thought it would be. So, you know, we ended up getting that and setting that up in the living room. And I mean, to answer your question, it, it, having multiple hubs seems to work fine. It was one of the things I was a little apprehensive about. I didn't know if I was going to have another Phillips hue situation on my hands where having multiple hubs in the home ends up just causing a bunch of trouble. And then, you know, the answer is to then get a third hub to, <laughs> to control the two hubs. Uh, but no, I mean, Logitech seems to to natively support having multiple hubs. I mean, when you go into the menu in the Harmony app, one of the first buttons is to switch hubs. So you can, if you're, you know, using your phone, you can seamlessly switch between the two hubs. The only thing that I haven't had time to play with is what it means for our lady in a can integration, mm -hmm. which is one of our favorite parts about the the family room harmony setup. Um, so this weekend I might mess around with that a bit, but um, that aside, it works really well. Yeah. I mean, let, let me know about that. Cause I, cause that's the one thing where I've never actually understood how that works. Like just in, in the way that I've used the, the harmony skill integration with the, the, the echoes is that like, you just, you just say, Hey, Hey, uh, turn on the Apple TV. And I, I, in a, in a larger house where let's say you have like two or three hubs and echoes all around the house, like I have no idea how that would actually work. Like, it feels like that's the thing where, um, it only makes sense with one TV. So the, the way that I'm hoping it's going to work, which means it's probably not going to work this way, but the way I'm hoping it's going to work is that those lady in a can commands are, are basically just whatever the activity name is in the the um harmony setup so what i'm hoping is that i can just rename the watch tv command in the living room to watch living room tv so that when i ask you know the lady in a can to turn on the living room tv i can, I can specify hey turn on the living room tv and it'll know what tv i'm talking about and then i can either leave the family room tv as just tv or i can rename that family room tv the reason I feel like that might not work is that, um, like, you can also say, hey, change the channel to ESPN, and that will do that. I don't, because that doesn't require any specificity, that's what makes me feel like it's not going to work. So, so yellow, so yellow, let me know. Yeah, that's where if you had, like, if you had watch ESPN set up on both hubs as an activity, that's, that does seem like where you'd have some trouble. It also the the other thing that I'm I'm concerned about. Well, actually, not really that concerned about because if it does work this way, oh well. Is having a situation similar to how Hugh and the Lady in a Can integration works, which is it only connects to one hub. So whatever hub you link your Lady in a Can account to, that's the hub it's connected with. So even if you add a second hub, it it basically just doesn't recognize that. Oh, I mean, and um, I guess if this is a, a less important TV, that might actually not be horrible. That's ex exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, what I don't want to have happen, obviously, is to ruin what is a perfect setup in the family room right now, um, which is which is probably what I'm going to end up doing. Well, yeah. But I mean, you're, you're asking your Echo to walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> yeah. When all it wants to do is order paper towels. Um, probably not really a topic for the show. It's It's not really all that interesting, but... One of the really appealing things about 
the the setup for the living room and the Harmony Hub is that the uh, Roku-based TVs actually communicate with the Harmony Hub over your local network. So you don't need to run an IR repeater from the hub up to the TV. So that was one of the, the reasons I wanted to go with this route. I just had a hell of a time getting that to work. Like, the, I mean, the, the two big issues that I eventually figured out were one is when I connected the TV to the hub, it didn't properly map the power on button to the to the remote and all the activities it was associated with because the Roku remote has a single power button but within that one power button there's actually two different functions depending on whether the TV's on or off if it's on it turns it off if it's off it turns it on and by default the harmony doesn't map that correctly so you actually have to like manually tell it hey yeah the you know the Roku remote only has one button but there's actually two functions associated with it and then the other thing I ran into is that after four hours of being turned off, the the TCL TV goes into like this deep sleep mode, at which point it doesn't recognize any power on commands from any network based remotes. <laughs> so I had to manually disable that deep sleep mode in order to be able to turn the TV back on after it had been off for four hours. And it it was like one of those things where just it, like this whole thing, like I thought setting up that remote was going to take like 15 minutes and it ended up taking like two hours <laughs> and it was just like, oh, well, isn't that the way? Yeah. And that was, and that, that all was after the fact that I couldn't get the Harmony hub to connect to my Wi-Fi network initially. It kept giving this like software update error message, which in doing some Google searching, the solution seemed to be that if you ran into that problem, you had to connect your hub to your Mac or your Windows PC and download the Harmony app there and set it up through that, which I did, and that worked fine. So it was just, it was a whole process. Got it. Uh, eh, we kind of already talked about pumpkin spice. There's nothing new here, right? You haven't tried anything new? Well, actually, I, like, so I, I, sent, I sent a tweet or a Reddit thread with... Um, like examples of like six or like, no, I, I sent you a picture from inside Trader Joe's and then you gave me a rundown on like reviews for like six products. So it makes me sound like you are already an expert. I'm a casual pumpkin spice enthusiast. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so we've already heard about the, the pumpkin spice La Cologne draft latte, but you also had some thoughts on like some biscuits or like there, there, there was, there's a thing and that, that is a safe for work. Cause that's, that's not my house. That is a safe for work pick that you can throw on Imgur or whatever. But, um, yeah, well, what's the deal with the, the, the orange monstrosity that is the Trader Joe's frozen food aisle? Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you the quick rundown of, of what we're looking at here. So we are looking at honey roasted pumpkin ravioli, yeah. butter squash pumpkin bisque, yeah. pumpkin spice protein smoothie, yeah. La Colombe pumpkin spice draft latte coffee, mm-hmm. pumpkin rolls, and <laughs> pumpkin cream cheese spread. So the the rundown that I gave you was I've tried the honey roasted pumpkin ravioli. I have had that a, a few years ago. Bought it on a whim when I was at Trader Joe's. And too sweet. I mean, it's kind of I had it as a, a dinner, I think, and it was just it was kind of weirdly sweet for a, a dinner item, but you know, it was, you know, as opposed to ravioli for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean that like 
you know, I ate ravioli for dinner, but it it, it almost tasted like a dessert. Sure. Okay, so it's Moscato ravioli. You're correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, the pumpkin bisque gets a a soft pass. I wouldn't outright refuse to try it, but I would not go out of my way to try it. I have no desire to try it. Can I ask a question that's going to make me sound very uncultured? <laughs> sure. What's bisque? Is that a soup? Basically? It's a soup. Yeah, I think it's a... Like, I know what tomato bisque is, but I thought that was just like basically tomato soup. I think it's... Don't at me. I th- but I think it's like a, a, like a milk or like dairy-based soup, I think. Oh, it's it's basically just a French name for a highly creamy soup. Ah, that's fake. Yeah, okay. Okay. No, I, okay, I was most sorry. Okay. Um, pumpkin spice protein smoothie gets gets a hard, hard pass for me. I, I don't want any part of that. I don't really want a part of any kind of like protein smoothie thing, particularly not a pumpkin spice one. Well, I mean, you're well, you're all about your gains. That's why that, <laughs> that's true, but but not through pumpkin spice protein smoothies. Mm-hmm. La Colombe pumpkin spice. We we've talked about that. It's it's perfectly serviceable. I had one today actually. Um, oh no, you rebought it. No, 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 no. I it was like a twelve pack I had. Oh wow, you committed. You went wow. Yeah, it was it was free shipping. Um, <laughs> what that is the <laughs> wow. I think it was like I think it was twenty percent off too. Um, it's you fine. you wow you you hard committed okay. Uh, the pumpkin rolls, I would definitely try. And same with the pumpkin cream cheese spread. I would, I would try that. Both would probably be pretty good. Not pictured in the section, somebody on, uh, the Trader Joe's subreddit, which again is one of the only not bad parts of Reddit, um, that I would recommend is they mentioned that, uh, there are pumpkin, not pumpkin spice, just pumpkin, uh, Trader Joe's mini samosas. And people may remember from several years ago that that has been a chef special where the chicken uh, Trader Joe's mini samosas are one of probably the top five best items at a Trader Joe's. So those might have to be an impulse buy, but they're probably very gross because, yeah, again, similarly, not sure I need dessert samosas. Yeah, I was going to say you're you're probably going to have the same experience that I have with the ravioli, which is they're going to end up being too sweet for for dinner. Have we ever gotten a judgment call? Are you in alignment with pumpkin pie being disgusting oh no i very much like pumpkin pie oh no <laughs> i did not as a kid but as an adult i've i've come to like it are there any pies you do not like <sighs> not that i can think of off the top of my head I, i'm i'm into pie <laughs> and not the math equate or it's not an equation it's well, what constant. is it a constant thank you oh my god <laughs> <laughs> must start over <laughs> Yeah, let's let's start the show. We'll 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 cut all this. All right. Yep. Anyway, counterpoint: most pie is bad. <laughs> all right. Uh, and then lastly, PS4 or sorry, PS5 announced for five hundred and four hundred dollars. The Xbox was announced a couple weeks earlier with the world's worst names. I don't remember if we actually talked about it. Um. Yeah, to be continued. I'm like, I like. I feel like I've been. I I was checked out of all high end gaming for the past few generations. Where I like since the PlayStation Three, I don't really know what's happened, and I'm not a gamer. But yeah, this past generation seemed really, really convoluted and weird for the Microsoft side of things, especially. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons they they lost. On top of the whole we're bundling the Connect thing, 
but this year i know the new cycle is just super strange but like these these consoles are coming out and and i have no idea why or well i know why but like like what's even going on with it like they're both coming out in two separate editions and everybody thinks microsoft has the pricing advantage but there's back like there's so much stuff going on but i the relevance to me is very low yeah i've just i've i've kind of fallen off really following much with with the video game industry this year i mean we've talked a couple of times on the show about you know i've i've not really played video games for you know a number of years now and but i but oh but i did you know still follow the industry listen to a couple podcasts would you know read some rss feeds etc but um even that now just you know given my time to listen to podcasts and read news and all that is 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 more limited that stuff has just kind of gotten uh deprioritized as as you're famous for saying so sure uh, um so you currently are a xbox household yeah i mean i have an xbox one s which is that the good one or the middle or the mid-range one or the low-end one that is the <laughs> i i want to put a pin i want to put a pin here where you are a very tech-minded person and it took you several seconds to know which one you have so i feel like it's a problem for microsoft so the in the current generation there's the xbox one x which is their <laughs> most powerful version and the xbox one s is is the level below that and microsoft's aware that the letters s and x sometimes sound similar yes i okay. well i mean i i can't speak for microsoft but presumably you would think they'd know that got it um and the, these are both kind of um mid-cycle refreshes to the original xbox one so what so like my my whole impression of game consoles was that the benefit was that they're always like of equal power and that's the whole point of like there's no longer like a pc gaming thing where that that apparently has changed dramatically this generation worse yeah that so this generation with the um xbox one x and then the playstation 4 pro that there's no such thing as playstation 4 pro Oh yeah, another. They're, they're very much. What makes it yeah. pro? Does it have three cameras? No, it's the same thing as the Xbox One X. It's it's faster than the Xbox One, and the PlayStation Four Pro is faster than the PlayStation Four. But isn't 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 game gaming like ant- antithetical to professionalism? Or, or like I mean, like does that make sense? It does. What no, what, a, what, what could be pro I, about a game console? I mean, they're they're both bad names. We can okay. agree on that. Um. But the reason I have an Xbox One S is because at the time that I bought it, I wanted a um, UHD player, oh. and the, it, like literally, the Xbox One S was less expensive than than most standalone UHD um, players. Yeah, and so there was kind of like no reason not to just get the xbox so well, i did yeah that was the thing when the the playstation 3 came out everybody was like well this is the cheapest blu-ray player possible so why why not yeah exactly yeah. right um sending you a tweet which was uh, pretty good earlier this week which was um whoever named the playstation 2 playstation 2 deserves a retroactive pay raise based off of the absolute incomprehensible names of the new xbox so pretty good yeah no it's it, it, it it's interesting because 
um, now with this this next generation of consoles, you've got Microsoft just like coming out of the gate with different types of machines or at least different boxes that are capable of different levels of performance. Um, but then I, th- I think with the PlayStation 5, the only difference between the two versions is the fact that one has an optical drive and the other doesn't. Yes, the analog or not the it's the digital and the classic ver- or is it just is a PlayStation Five and the PlayStation Five digital version because there's a hundred dollar price difference. But I forget what the what the one without the that with the optical drive is called. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, and there was one last thing with this. Oh, and like yeah, that's the difference this year. Where again, don't know much about gaming, but I remember last time everybody like at Microsoft was maligned for having the ambition to bundle in the connect and they felt that that made the original playstation playstation the original xbox one like cost prohibitive and this generation they are they have like this tiny version that apparently the only difference is that it doesn't do 4k and has some like backwards compatibility things but it's like 299 which seems pretty impressive for a uh next gen or well i mean next next gen console because i mean the previous ones were next gen so it's got to be next next it it's 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 very confusing and and you're you're totally right for calling out the main impact of this which is it used to be the case that the primary benefit of console gaming was you never had to worry about basically everything that you worry about with pc gaming which is oh, i you know now i've got to like upgrade my video card or i've got to download the latest video card drivers or oh crap i don't have enough ram so i gotta go out and get buy more ram like all these fiddly things that you have to do with getting games to run on a pc you just really never had to think about with consoles you i mean it used to be you just installed the you know you just put the disc in and started playing now you know games have patches and things but even still with all that it was much simpler with consoles versus a pc you never had to think about compatibility but but now now you do i mean not still not in the same way that you do with a pc but it's as i think has become clear in this conversation has gotten you know a lot more um complicated yeah all right well it seems like a good time to take a sponsor break (laughs) okay so the apple event uh sorry no people this is this is uh this is for technically correct plus listeners so there's no ads on this one that's right. right. You're all you're all grandfathered in. Um, the the reason why we talk so much about other stuff is that uh, I think we have maybe not a ton to talk about with the Apple event because we both haven't watched it. I I am much more checked out on this than you because I'm I'm pretty. I think I'm checked out on Apple for the year, but yesterday Apple had their Time Flies event where they had seeded to journalists that there's going to be no iPhones here and that this is going to be a watch event and maybe other stuff. So it turned out that this was their chance to unveil the latest watches, which I have no idea what an Apple Watch SE is, so you can fill us in on that, as well as a couple of updates to the iPad line, some uh, very enthralling talk about services, and then a, a gotcha surprise on the software front. So yeah, so what happened with watches? So with the watch, you've got two new models. You've got the Series 6, which as you could guess, is the kind of successor to the Series 5. The two, I guess, headlining features of it are 
an improved always on display. And specifically what Apple called out is that this display is about 20% brighter uh, when you're outdoors now. Um, which I can't really say I've ever had a complaint with my always on display about it being too dim when I've been outside. I just don't think, I, th I think the, the issues with the always on display are more software related than hardware related. And I, I don't know if any of that's been addressed in watch OS seven and I've, I've only had watch OS seven on my watch for like two hours now. So I can't, can't really um, say much about it yet. Um, and then the other feature is the uh, kind of long rumored uh, blood oxygen sensor, um, which Apple uh, in the part of the video that I've seen talked quite a bit about and most of which I didn't really understand. Um, <laughs> um, and then it, it's got a new processor. It's got the S6 processor. It's faster. But, you know, otherwise basically similar to the Series 5. No, no major changes. Then you've got the Apple Watch SE, which I guess the best way to think of it is is sort of like the Series 4 being brought back because the Series 4 had been discontinued last year when the Series 5 came out. So Apple continued to sell the Series 3 as kind of like their, their entry-level watch and then sold the Series 5 as like their high-end watch. And now you've got three watches. You've still got the Series 3 being sold as like the very entry-level watch, but then you've got the Apple Watch SE now, which kind of slots into the middle, which is still a more affordable watch compared to the Series 6, but is a bit more powerful than the Series 3. So it's got the um, S5 processor, um, is very, very similar to the Series 6, except for not having an always-on display and not having the um, blood oxygen sensor, but is otherwise is quite similar. Yeah, I, I feel like the SE strategy, based on how it's described, doesn't really make sense if they're still going to sell the Series 3. I think that that was, that was where I think it broke down for, I think Jason said this on Upgrade, where... The assumption coming into the event, the event was that, okay, you know, Apple's going to have two watches now. They're going to have the SE and they're going to have the Series 6. And the SE is going to basically be a affordable but more updated low-end watch than what they've historically sold, which has just been like last year's model at a lower price. And that's that's not what they did. They, they've instead kind of created a um, good, better, best setup with the watch, which, of course, Apple has kind of a, a long history of liking to do. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not really sure it works. Like, I, I guess they want to hit all those price points and the Series 3 has gotten so cheap uh, where when there's holiday and, and Black Friday sales where like you, you can sometimes get down to like one one seventy or something for the Bluetooth version, which is, is which is pretty compelling. Yeah, I mean, like, it doesn't really seem like there's that much of a price difference where the SE really had. Like, I who is that moving the needle for? Like, who who is now going to buy a watch or upgrade a watch that otherwise wouldn't have, that either wasn't going to go for the cheapest or wasn't going to go for the nice one? Yeah, I don't know. Um, and one of the things that uh, we didn't talk about is that it comes in new colors. So there is now. Well, you're not you're not a blue guy. You're a green guy. So you so you you did not win this round, but. Um, yeah, so I think, and the rumors have actually been that Apple is is going to um, 
get away from the green iPhone this year and, and go for a blue iPhone, which uh, blue lame. Uh-huh. Um, so I guess I guess they're like every year they're going to have like a different aluminum color, um, and this this year it's blue. So yeah, there's there's a blue aluminum watch. There is an updated gold stainless steel finish, and there's also a new gray slash black finish on the stainless steel which i think they're calling like graphite which which actually looks really nice i i had the same so i i I ordered a a series six watch because the apple watch kind of follows the the ryan doctrine around Mm. it's it's like my most you know well i guess second most used thing behind my iphone every day so I, i always want the latest one and um I, I have the same debate that I have every year, which is, eh, do I get the stainless steel one? But yes. um, just 90% of the time, 95% of the time, I mean, actually now 99% of the time, now that I'm not really going anywhere, um, that I'm wearing my Apple Watch, like I don't really want to be wearing a stainless steel one. Like, especially if I'm doing like work around the house or if I'm working out, like I don't want a stainless steel watch. I want an aluminum watch. And if, I, if, if I'm, and if I'm going out somewhere that's like, nicer which again i'm not really doing now but i i actually have a you know like a a real watch that i'll put on for like super nice occasions so um so yeah it is as nice as that new graphite color looked i i still stuck with with aluminum um and and i did (laughs) i did opt for one of the new bands so as apple watch (laughs) likes to do they came out with what they're calling their their solo loop band. So is this a tie-in with with the movie? <laughs> nice. Uh-huh. Um so this is a kind of claspless band that comes in two styles. There's a silicone band which basically looks like the you know the sport band that they've sold forever and then a braided um band which looks kind of like the nylon straps that they've sold in the past and which i guess they still sell um so i i went with one of the um um silicone sport band type um solo loops <laughs> and it's it's funny because you know that it, it basically like it has to fit your wrist right because it, there's no adjustable um little clasp on it so is it stretchy it is stretchy. So the so you you basically the way you go about figuring out your size, which I think there's like twelve different sizes. So it's it's not a small, medium, large thing. Like you actually have to get pretty granular about it. And the way they have you do this is there's a PDF on the website that you print out, <laughs> that you physically print out, and then they, they actually even <laughs> they even have a thing where after you've printed it out, there's a little rectangle on in the bottom left hand corner that says hey you know to validate that your printer didn't do any kind of weird scaling with this a id or credit card should basically exactly fit in this rectangle and if it does then you know it's it's printed to scale properly um which mine evidently did and you then cut out of this little you know sizer basically and then you wrap it around your wrist and wherever these two little arrows line up is is what your size is and they they tell you that it should be snug but not too tight 
which I guess basically is is the kind of giving you that room to slide it over your over your hand. So we'll we'll see if I did that right. I'm a size six in case you're interested. I was going to ask. This is another thing people have to worry about about what size they are. There's no so so Apple's not doing vanity sizing here. Are you familiar with that concept? No. It's where a brand will uh, maybe say that a size six is a size two in order to make somebody feel better about themselves. Huh. No, it, it's oh yeah, that that's absolutely like yeah a thing. So yeah, so this, I this seems very unApple like. Where how would you like to find your size? If you have a measuring tape, measure your wrist and click got it. Again, going back to our theme of got it is not the right answer for what a button should be. Otherwise, grab a piece of paper, a pen, a ruler, and use the length of the paper to cut out a narrow strip about a half inch wide. Wrap the paper. This is very inelegant. Hmm. I think you should go buy the Star Wars solo band. I mean, this. I I like the idea. Like that. Where like that's kind of cool. Where one. Not that it's a frustration, but having to like every morning doing the whole like you tuck the thing under. Like even though the sport band is a very nice design. Like this is kind of cool. But this that feels like from a supply chain perspective. Like that's that's adding a ton of variability. It's kind of a huge pain for inventory management. Having to have stock that many different units, that basically means that this product is almost entirely CTO. Yeah, I mean, so my my delivery date is like sometime next week. Apparently, some of these are going to get delivered as early as Friday. So I, I don't know if my later delivery date is is because I... Because you're size six? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I didn't even I didn't even look to see if I got a more standard band if I could have gotten the watch more quickly. But yeah, oh, which color anyway. did you get? Uh, which which color do you think I got? Or uh, I'm sorry, I mean the band. No, I I know. Look at the band colors. Which one do you think I got? Um, I mean, I, I feel I think again you're on the right side of history. So you would want either uh, you'd want ginger, uh, or you'd want product red. No, I got I got the green one. Cypress. Yeah, Cypress Cypress Green. Yeah. Um yeah, so absolutely not buying one of these. Um but cool that that like let me know how it is. Because yeah, like I, I don't I've never had any complaints about outdoor visibility. You can always swap out a band if you need to. It feels like they're kind of grasping at straws for what new sensors are to do, and I feel like there's probably like 8,000 disclaimers of why the readings that the blood oxygen thing aren't like legally binding and are just for entertainment use or, or whatever. So like, do, do you feel other than the fact that you like having the newest thing, do you feel like there's actually a strong reason to get this? No, not really. I mean, it, I mean for, for me, spec- fair too. for me, you know, the other thing is that the um, battery on my series five is is not very good um and it's it's a little dinged up um i don't know why but this year it's just my apple watch has been a little more dinged up than usual so um, <laughs> yeah um so i'm I'm actually this, this is i'm also doing something new this year which is i'm not selling it on ebay because um i don't know it, it, it is in good enough condition to sell but i just I also had some like weird software issues with it a, a few months ago. I, I might have shared oh, that story so you're, on the so you're show. Trading it in? So I'm just I'm just doing the trade in. I know I'm getting a little bit less for it, but it's like I'd I'd feel kind of weird if I sold a shaky product to somebody. So yeah, 
Um, the one thing, and I know you've already ordered, the one reason why I would generally, I advocate for the stainless steel watch, uh, despite just the fact like I think it does look and feel better because it's a little bit more substantial, is that um, the screen is sapphire crystal, so it, it does not scratch. And the, the hardened stainless steel is much less prone to getting dinged up. But I, but I also understand that, like, yeah, the three, the two fifty or three hundred dollars premium for most people just is not worth it. But it does have some some advantages in that way. It just feels weird, like, because you know, I now like you know, having a house now, it's like I, I I do a lot of work and projects around the house, and it just it would feel weird to be wearing a stainless steel watch all the time. Sure. Well, and then you gotta get a fifth shed for the for your bands, <laughs> right? Uh, I'm previewing this. The leather link thing looks interesting. Not not sure I love it, but it's interesting. I actually, to me, I think every year the most interesting part about the Apple Watch updates that they do is the is the new bands. I think that's that's the area that Apple has consistently just knocked it out of the park with Apple Watch. The the bands they do, both styles and colors, are just super cool. But yeah, going on the record that I am not getting one of these. So you get you get uh you get naming rights to my future dog if I if I get one. <laughs> so um <clears throat> so next up. And actually are prices exactly the same compared to what the Series 5 were? I as I was checking out with the Series 6, I pulled up my email from the Series 5 and yeah, it's exactly the same. Got it. All right, new iPads. The iPad Air now looks like the iPad Pro, and rumors are that that design language that was kind of set by the iPad Pro, where it's kind of going back to like the iPhone 5 style, like just flat glass and aluminum with kind of like sharper, non-curved edges is kind of be the going to be the design language going forward. So the iPad Air, like it looks like kind of a compelling update because like in, in the previous generation, in, the iPad Air never really made any sense as to why it existed and I, and I still would push back on as to why it exists now but it maybe has more of a reason to so like i mean in terms of the product lineup so i mean there's the ipad which is the one that's geared for education and people that don't really care too much about tablets which is it's one of the best values that apple has where it's it's fairly aggressively priced i think it starts at 329 dollars. it's reasonably fast but it looks like the same ipad everybody's always had then there's the iPad Air that I think slots in, like it starts out at like $600 and it's kind of nicer, but not necessarily, it's not super expl- uh, explicable why. And there's the Pro at the high end. So with this one, it's got that new design with a somewhat less edged edge screen, but still looks a lot like the iPad Pro if you weren't paying attention. As far as I could tell from this Verge thing that I skimmed, no face ID, but touch ID and the power button. Yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, a lot of Android manufacturers have done that in the past, um, but it's interesting that they um, that they they chose to do it this way, and that they didn't just redesign it to have Face ID and Touch ID. I mean, with what with like face masks and everything, because I mean, you're famous for saying that Apple does redesign products within months, responding to current events, right? I'm famous for saying they do that. Yeah, that that's 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 an that's an adjacent part of the Ryan Corley, right? <laughs> I think I think you're I think you're misquoting me. Uh, I'm not so sure. People can go back and check the tape. Um, but no, but that 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 is one thing where you you, uh, you have been steadfast in your objection to that. Even though I always sometimes hope that I feel like they're more responsive to that. 
but yeah, so I, I think this is more of a feature segmentation thing where they didn't want to put face ID in what was not the highest end product. So that has led to them cribbing an idea from Android manufacturers, which is, hey, just put this, uh, the fingerprint sensor on the side and you can still kind of have the best of both worlds. So, I mean, I guess my question for you is like, who who is the iPad Air for? Assuming that the iPad Pro will get a more thorough redesign or update compared to the kind of non-update it got in the spring, who who is the iPad Air for? <sighs> I mean, it. I someone. Sorry, who, I gave you. I gave you an unanswerable question. <laughs> I, I mean, I. I mean, someone who, I guess, wants things like Apple Pencil to support. Who wants, um, Magic Keyboard support? Maybe, um, also people who, um, want a green iPad. Because I, I don't know. I don't know if you mentioned this, but or if you buried the lead. But the iPad Air comes in really cool colors so it's why why are you not in cupertino burning down the building if or or to like knocking down the doors if the mid-range ipad comes in green but the watch doesn't it's it's very upsetting and well and then on top <laughs> of that they're they're, they're going to take away the green option on the iphone it sounds like which ugh, this is terrible i know terrible goodness uh yeah so it's, i mean it, it seems like it's maybe not necessarily like because the ipad because the what's the price difference between the the air and the pro 150 200 something like that and you yeah. don't do you get the 120 hertz screen on this no that's that's one of one of the few things that the pro still does that's better than so you don't get that and you don't get face ID. like um, it's, that's the thing where again it doesn't feel like it's cheaper enough where the feature chart really really stacks up in its in its favor or or makes it make sense for anybody well it seems like it, it seems like it's an incomplete story where next year we're going to get updates to the ipad pros which will much more significantly differentiate them from the air but but even even more so in terms of unless the air has a price drop which apple never drops the price on anything then that's even more slanted in terms of it not needing to exist it's it, it's kind of it's it's the the apple watch sc problem which is like you have good, better, best, but the better, just the 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 feature set doesn't really match the price. Yeah, yeah. And the iPad Air, the cheap one, which again, great value. Uh, it got the A12, which I don't know what the old one had, but it got a little bit faster, and it's the same price, and that's cool. Okay, so services. Tell what what can you tell me about Apple One? So three different tiers and i'll have to that's that's not one (laughs) i have to pull up this little chart that i sent you in the thing so i can make sure i've got all my ducks in a row here so you've got three different tiers you've got individual which is 14.95 a month that's apple music apple tv plus apple arcade and some amount of icloud storage either 50 gigabytes or 200 gigabytes i guess you then got the family tier for five bucks more a month same four services but with family sharing enabled and i think that's 200 gigabytes of icloud storage and then you've got premiere which is 29.95 a month apple music apple tv plus apple arcade one terabyte of or is it two terabytes two terabytes of iCloud storage 
Apple News Plus and the aforementioned Apple Fitness Plus. Yeah, this doesn't look very good. Because I, if, we, if we think about it just like as an individual purchaser, Apple Music, it's debatable. Like, I mean, like, let's, let's pretend Spotify doesn't exist and you, and you want Apple Music. So the iCloud storage component over here, 50 gigabytes only costs a dollar. So you're in for four more dollars for two things that are of like really debatable value, which is Apple TV Plus and Apple Arcade. Like, are you an Apple Arcade subscriber or did you even opt in for a trial of it? I am not. Yeah, same. Um, so I guess like that doesn't seem like much of a value. I, I don't know. Like if they were giving the 200 gigabyte iCloud tier and it was 1295, yeah. But otherwise, like, I, like that's the thing with Apple, like where there's not really a whole lot of value here. I don't know, like do do any of these interest you, or do you think any of these are going to be of interest to most people, where it's going to affect their buying decision? Uh, so to me, the premier tier is is potentially interesting because the setup that I have now is the lady friend and I share the through family sharing the two terabyte iCloud plan, which I think which is, is like I think it's like twelve dollars a month. Okay. Twelve or thirteen dollars a month, I think. Um, I'm currently not paying for Apple TV Plus because I'm still on the free trial and will be until I think like sometime in January. I didn't start my free trial for a while, you know, last year. Um, but I'll I'll probably continue my Apple TV Plus subscription. There's been enough on there that I that I've enjoyed. Um, and the the standalone price is five dollars. Yeah, five or six bucks, I think. Okay. Um, I'm currently a, a Pandora Premium, I think it's called, subscriber. The one that's ad-free radio or the one that's basically like RDO? The one that's basically like RDO. Okay. But I've kind of increasingly fallen out of favor with that recently, so I've I've thought about switching to something else, and I've, I've never really cared for Spotify's app, so... Um, I've been kind of thinking about Apple Music. Um, so, I mean, if I continue wanting to subscribe to Apple TV+, and if I do want to switch to Apple Music, then I think it's kind of a no-brainer to just do the premier Apple One plan at that point, because then I'm I'm basically getting arcade, news plus, and fitness press for free. And still saving like a, a dollar or two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 do you care about any of those other three services? I mean, like Fitness Plus, I'll look at. I, I probably <laughs> it's isn't going to... a ringing gonna, endorsement. <laughs> it's probably not going to be my thing, but I mean... And, and you actually, you get three months of it for free with the purchase of a new apple watch so i I guess i'll be getting that too so i I won't be signing up for one of these apple one plans like anytime soon i mean they're not even available yet they're not out until later this year but um i'm not going to be signing up right away for any of these and i'm guessing during the event they did not uh announce any changes to the amount of icloud space you get for free i know i don't believe so i think all that's unchanged hmm yeah, I don't know. 
But do you, do you think this moves the needle for anybody? Do you, do you think this is more customer friendly or like, how do you think people will, will, will react to this? I mean, I, I, the Apple One plans in and of themselves are not bad. I mean, they're pretty reasonably priced. But I, th- I think there's a lot of questions around the iCloud tiers that they continue to sell, which you just brought up. You know, Apple News Plus has had a lot of criticism. You know, Apple Arcade was kind of a nice story at first, but seems to have kind of faded out a bit. And then, you know, Fitness Plus is is kind of a big question mark, as is TV Plus in a lot of ways, especially given the delays in production with COVID. So um, the underlying services that you're getting and how much value you're getting from each of those, I guess, is is kind of a question that's not really specific to Apple bundling these services together, but just more of a question about each of the services individually, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then what's, uh, so looking quickly at the fitness plus thing, that's the one part that actually is interesting because one, as, as we talked about earlier, where it kind of, it, it, it's weird that it follows hot on the heels of Apple trying to, to get its 30% cut on businesses related to something that they themselves are going to introduce that they have no business kind of sticking their hands in. So with this one, it looks like, again, like a ton of people have tried this, like, uh, like again, Nike uh, Training Club went free. Fitbit has their own product that does something similar. Like, as far as I can tell, these are not live classes, right? They're like, it's real-time data from your Apple Watch with pre-recorded classes or, or fitness instruction, right? Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess cool, but also, like, I mean, I... I, I like especially in pandemic times where there is there are no more gyms like i have kind of leaned into like youtube fitness i and like there's a million and one people do doing it there i don't just i i feel like i'm not sure people like why why and this is this was my knock against apple tv plus like just just why apple what what is their secret sauce or their like unfair advantage of why they're going to be successful with this like who who's thinking of the the computer company and the iPhone company as the premier name in fitness and stuff? Like I, that's part I just don't get. Where it feels like, do regular people think that like, do they think like Apple has a new like fitness training program? Like, and I'm I'm all for it because I like Apple. Like who who responds to this? Yeah, I don't know. There's, that's a it's a fair question. No. Um, and, uh, Peloton had a, uh, a tweet replying to this, uh, stating that, uh, friendly, congratulations, uh, friendly competition is in our DNA. Welcome to the world of digital fitness at Apple, which is very, very classy. Well, yeah, I mean, their, their selling point to their new fancy bike is gym kit integration. Uh, that's so good. that's not, a good point. They're not looking to pick any fights with Apple at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting how everybody's had a, a, a complete 180 on uh, on Peloton. Like they 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 have they have crested the wave on uh, COVID and are, are are doing very well. Where they nobody, I don't think anybody thinks of them as the bike for the bike for rich people anymore. I think they actually legitimately like. Well, I think everybody's always liked the products, right? But they just have always they seen the them marketing. as being 
really well they they just well that and they've always viewed them as being really expensive but now now that there's not really any alternative it's like well uh, they got them where they want them yeah you know. all right do you see any is there anything else from the event i mean the only other thing to call out which is just kind of crazy is so you know apple announced the release date of ios 14 and watch os 7 which has become very common in these september events and, you know, normally it's like, you know, they'll be available like a week from, you know, the date of the event, mm -hmm. which, you know, gives developers time to download and compile their um, compatible apps with the, you know, final version of Xcode for that version of iOS and all that good stuff. And, you know, submit their app so that it's it's available day one um, on the new version of iOS. But in this case, Apple surprised everyone and said oh and you know ios 14 and watch os 7 are coming out tomorrow which is which is today um which is just such a big f you <laughs> to every developer well that's that's um, very on brand for apple with developers this year yeah I, I guess so just just kind of um i don't know just strange that just doesn't really seem like there's any great explanation for why but you know, I'm not a developer, so. Yeah, I mean, it's it seems not great just because like that's a bad ex like be because it's it's the the question of what kind of like do you, are are who's deciding what the software updates are and like, obviously it's their hardware schedule that has to kind of dictate that because if you're trying to ship out these watches, the watch OS seven needs watch uh, needs iOS fourteen and and that all makes sense, but like it's it's tricky because that's make for the vast majority of people who are going to have an experience with ios 14 are going to be people who already have existing products and when they have software that is where all the apps that they rely on are now scrambling where they maybe thought they had a week or two to deal with um making sure that their final bug fixes for this unreleased software are available and now it's driving to hope that that gets through app review really quickly like that's that's kind of a bummer but it but it like we said, like Apple's not really um, that cogn that that concerned with. It's like the, it's the old equation of Apple first, consumer second, somebody third, and the developers dead last. So I don't know. It's it's kind of, it's it's not great. And I I've like are you or like uh, offline offline? You said you were about to or have updated to it, but and your hand would have been forced by your your fancy new watch. I'm gonna sit it out for a few weeks. Like I like I know the betas have been fairly stable, but um, I don't know the the the, feel, the feeling that it seems like it's been a little bit rushed because they had some hardware to get out the door. Eh, I'm gonna sit on it for a bit. I mean, I you know I I've downloaded iOS 14 on both my phone and my iPad today, and I've also installed Watch OS 7 on my watch. You know, I'm. It's not like I'm traveling or going somewhere where it would be like mission critical for for my iphone not to have any any issues so it's it'll be fine mm -hmm. and I, i've heard generally good things about the um ios beta and again i've, I've only had 14 and watch os 7 installed for the last few hours but they they both seem fine i haven't had any immediate major issues well, and you can, and, um, yeah, well, once those few weeks pass off, I can then, you know, I can start my, I can leave my car keys at home. Oh, wait. Mm. Well, that, that is another Source thing about subject. the Apple Watch, um, Series 6. It's got the, uh, the U1 chip in it. 
did they in the event or in any of the stuff that you read about it, did they have any oh uh, no air tags right uh, no air tags no so there's still no real compelling case to talk about u1 other than like targeted airdrop is that the only like functional feature that they've shown with it well and they've and they've shown that carplay will eventually support it but just not yet yeah hmm. all right anything else uh nope i think that's that's it all right let's round it off with the chef special uh yeah so um i'm gonna be lazy and just pick something that um i mentioned earlier which is this harmony companion remote even though it was kind of a pain in the butt to get it set up with my uh, Roku TV and the Lady in a Can integration is still uh, TBD for a hundred bucks. It's it's a really darn good remote. Like the Harmony Hub setup is really nice. It's compatible with basically every smart home gadget that's out there. So if you if you want to control your lights and stuff with it, you can. I've never really gotten super deep into that, but but it's there if you want it. The remote is, it's really comfortable to hold. It's super light. Um, in some ways, it has advantages even over the Elite. It's actually got a, a physical, um, it's got physical um, number buttons on it, unlike the Elite, which I, which I kind of like. Um, you know, obviously you can't pre program quite as many activities you're basically limited to three because there's only three activity buttons but i think on my harmony elite i think i have four activities so it's not like you know i'm, I'm doing a ton and with the living room tv that this is connected to I've, I've literally only got the one activity set up so um yeah i mean for the price it's um I mean, Logitech's website lists it for one forty nine, but but you can you can get it on Amazon for a hundred bucks. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a good uh, good solution, and, and you know, notwithstanding the technical issues I I had, it's actually a really pleasant setup experience with the the Harmony iOS app. Yeah, so let's let's put it in the parking lot for next week. I'm interested to see how a two hub um, situation works with the the Echo Skill integration. So yeah, let me know. All right, and then we actually already talked about this this week, but I'm going to make because I, I I keep forgetting about it. Uh, UPS my choice, and actually a less hearty recommendation, but on a sim in a similar vein, um, uh, FedEx delivery manager. It's nice to have a thing that that will just compile all your incoming deliveries, and you can choose to pre-sign for them on days that you you know you won't be home, and just have a bird's eye view on that type of thing. That's um, that's nice. Yeah, like and it, it, it the the part that I mentioned of where you have to sometimes pay to upgrade your packages from the worst delivery service. I mean, barring that or excluding that from consideration, um, yeah, it's it's a pretty worthwhile service. So, yeah, go 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 try it. We're having a lot of things shipped to us these days, so good pick. Mm-hmm. 